welcome to Wendy's Words of Wisdom. Uh, this week I have the pleasure of the company of Mr. Eric Lampart. Welcome. Hello, thank you for having me, Wendy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to explain it. It's a good title, Wendy's Words of Wisdom. But they're not really my... Here's the, here's the thing. Because you're a comedian and I know that you won't have listened to the podcast. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Josh and, Howie, I won't, and I won't... Uh, Josh actually. Howie's only listened to his one. Right. Which is, I think, you know, says, <laughs> says it all. He's like, I listened to the podcast. And I was like, did you listen to any other ones? Wendy's Words of Wisdom is just something you're passionate about or something that you know well. Uh, it's not my words of wisdom. They are yours. You oh. just tell them to me. And okay. you know a lot about lots of stuff and you're passionate about lots of different things. So... And I know that because I? I know you. Well, yeah, you're fairly passionate about immigration. Well, yes, I, I so. yeah, okay, I am that, yeah. Yeah, there's things that, that I don't think, because when I ask people what they know about and what they're into, they kind of go blank. And then, not, I'm not, um, I'm not a, like a pro at a particular topic. I just know loads about everything. Well, you're pretty good at French. Yeah, but that's just because I'm born there. I mean, that's not really, oh, look how wise he is. He knows the <laughs> language where he was born. That's very lucky. Well, it is like, well, it's, it's handy that you can speak it. I can speak it, yeah. I gig in French sometimes. I believe so. Yeah. How is that? It. Well, it's fun. It's actually fun. They don't really handle, like, race material very well. As you know, I'm racist. <laughs> and, uh... Sorry, that's what that pause was. I was like, <laughs> my racist stuff bombs in France. No, 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 like, so I mention races, but in uh -huh. a positive way, obviously, and I make jokes about the dickheads out there that are racist. Uh -huh. But even talking about it in France, uh, they struggle with that. They, Why? They sort of... Well, they've probably got an issue with laughing at race and possibly it's religion. It's basically that, um, like, here's, let's say, the racists, um, they're not proud of it. You know, you'll hear it all the time, like, I'm not racist. But... There we go. Well, you are racist. Yeah. If you... They're not proud of it. And then, but the non-racists here, we highlight the differences and we think that's beautiful. So it's like, oh yeah, you're black, yeah, grey. You know, like, oh, you're from, like, India originally, we're brilliant. You know, like, we <laughs> love, we highlight the differences. We love that. Now, in in France, they, uh, their attitude is, and they, they talk about it in talk shows, is, um, we're all homo sapiens. So to even, uh, mention that one is black or one is white or one is brown suggests that it matters when it doesn't okay and i quite like that i'm like yeah we are homo, homo sapiens unfortunately there's some homo sapiens that are racist because <laughs> of those differences and i'm like don't brush it under the carpet like it's funny because i always find difference in, still certainly in comedy differences are funny mm. the difference between you know cats and dogs that's not a racist thing that's just differences isn't it yeah, but also it's not it's not just about comedy attitude, it's just about who we are as people. Um, British people love laughing at people that are different. It's, yeah. That's just true. That is true. Um, <laughs> I, did my, I did my first gig in German last uh, two weeks ago. I saw, I uh, saw. Probably my last one? I don't know. But, um, How is your German? It's, well, essentially I, got, I had a friend who's German translate some of my material. Uh-huh. Um, and I learnt it by heart. So right. I actually didn't even know what I was saying while I was on stage. So you didn't know where to put the emphasis on for the punchline? Not line. fully. I mean, I sort, of, I sort of got away with it. And it worked. It actually worked well. But there was a whole beginning bit, which in England would get some chuckles, like the setup, uh -huh. and then boom, punchline. The whole setup in Germany um, got nothing. Because over there, they don't laugh at it's funny because it's true. They're like, carry on. That's that's right. That's true. Please, <laughs> please go on to the joke. So they don't laugh at the funny because it's true bits. And comedy, the, comedy can work in every country in every language. I think, uh -huh. but um, you gotta you gotta respect that we're all different 
Do you think um, French, I was going to ask with the French audiences, you know how you said the British people like to laugh at differences? Yeah. Do you think we're crueler than other parts of Europe? No, but you're more miserable, right? <laughs> this is generally true. It's, I'm, I'm so sick of it, right? I love England. It's easily, I think, one of my favourite countries, but God, everyone is just so fucking miserable. <laughs> just so annoyed that life exists. Everything, there's rain everywhere. Paedophiles have taken the island. Like, but at least it's British paedophiles, right? Like, it's, it's it. you're so miserable. And so, like, when you want to go to a comedy club, you don't want to laugh at your misery. You want to laugh at other people's misery and other okay. people's problems. Like, that's why it's funny when... Uh, like Schadenfreude, we love it. We love it. I mean, it's a German word, which we do not like that it's infiltrated our English language. <laughs> but we love other people's music. But we're not. But like it, talking about language infiltrating, there's an institute français, isn't there, that has mm. a institut français. What is it? Yeah, that's good. Um, I, I always find it funny when people who obviously have le- speak English, but have but also speak another language, and when they 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 pepper it when they say that like next door neighbours to us. They um they were from Italy when I was growing up, yeah. but they ran a greasy spoon cafe in Edinburgh, so they kind of talked like that. But they had a, an Italian accent, but I did not care. So it was kind of <laughs> the mum talked like that, but with all the sort of Scottish colloquialisms. Yeah, yeah. And the son was very Scottish. She spoke like that until he said things like spaghetti carbonara, and yeah, then yeah. you'd get sort of the flip of it. But I quite like it when people speak English with their accent, and then all of a sudden you go, oh. You're obviously French because you say French words in a French way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, croissant. I croissant. can't say cr- croissant. Like, it seems weird. Or croissant, um, as Americans say. Or, like, people say déjà vu. I'm like, well, it's not déjà vu. It's déjà vu. Vu. It's vu. It's further forward déjà than vu. vu is like you. So it's déjà, déjà is already. Yeah. So it's déjà vu would be already you. Déjà vu is already seen. Seen. See? It's like merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup is thanks a lot. Nice merci, merci beaucoup is... Nice ass. You know, thanks, nice ass. Which is complimentary. Both complimentary, you know. Yeah, so what I was going to say was the Institute Francais exists because they like to keep an eye on what words are creeping into French that they don't like, don't they? Mm. Because they... they, um, Well, it's based in France, apparently, and they have, like... Because French for weekend is... Le weekend. Le weekend. It never used to be, though. Was it not like something like Pont de Semain? I don't know. I've, it's been weekends since I've known. Right. But then my dad was my dad's English. So right. I, I I got like my, my childhood was peppered with English English language. Because anyway. the, 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 in the Institute France there was a, a, a huge thing about them not wanting to use the word le weekend because it was English. Right. And they wanted it to be the bridge of the week or something. I can sort of appreciate why you would though. Uh, you know, the whole world is uh, influenced by uh, American pop culture, um, some British as well, British music especially, but. Um, lots of American pop culture so you, you watch things like that's why most of continental Europe is, is fluent in English because they watch a lot of English things subtitled so like you naturally just learn quicker like the language and, and, and so you don't want to lose the, the French you don't want to lose yeah. the German like it would in a way it would be great if the whole world just spoke one language yeah uh, but then Wouldn't that's that, what Hitler if only wanted, Hitler right? had realised that he didn't need to con- invade countries he just needed to, make, needed to make lots of good German films Right and subtitle them. Yeah, it's true. I've, I've, I mean, he he's a powerful uh, pre- pre- presenter, not presenter, <laughs> performer. Performer, <laughs> be a great presenter as well. Hello, welcome yeah. to BBC Three. Yeah, welcome to Top Gear. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> topical. Hitler on Top Gear. Yeah. Well, some may say. 
But even if even through peace, um, you can't take over the whole world. You know, the Incas they tried it. They 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 were quite peaceful people. Really? Yeah, they were. They they, they um. So they, when they sort of invaded the lands of uh, the Andes and stuff, they did it generally through diplomacy. Um, until near the end, when like one northern branch was like, "No, we're going to do this." Did they have a rogue guerrilla branch? Did they? Slightly in the northern Ecuador branch, and then uh, and then like I think their their king died, right? And then what happens then is that they they fight for the the throne, right? The Incas uh-huh. were p- pretty brilliant. What they just disappeared, though, didn't they? Well, because of the conquistadors, right? They, but there was only a few conquistadors. Uh-huh. Only a few. I'm writing things. Sorry, if you, write I'm writing down. down so that when I um, listen back to it and and and, and tell people what the podcast's about, yeah. I remember what it's no, about. No, please write. I mean, I'm I'm a very I interesting man. Write every time we meet. Every time I actually just bring a notebook, shall I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, tell me about the conquistadors. So Inca started where? Uh, in the Andes in South America. Okay, and um, then went to. Uh, well, it kind of stayed in 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 South America. But um, they were like a proper great civilization. Uh, agriculture was on, like they were, they were on it. And a few, just a th- only a few conquistadors essentially wiped them out. And that's because, like, I think they they had a uh, like a, like a, they had a fight within their. It was just p- bad timing, as they had a fight with themselves. <laughs> the conquistadors arrived with like Going, better, boom, better fight, weapons and in stuff. fighting. Let's get them. Machu um, Picchu. I'm interested in Incas, though. Have you been? No, not yet. To South America, I'd, quite, I'd like to do Machu Picchu. Yeah, I've too. done it on Google Maps with my, Max and I, my young, my middle son. We occasionally do what we call um, <laughs> trips in bed, which is we get the computer and we Google Map something, and we are we we have been to um, base camp of Mount Everest. That is brilliant. We've had a look at all that kind of stuff. So that is such a great <laughs> idea. So we don't go anywhere, but we just Google Map it and Google Earth it. Oh. <laughs> That is so great. It's cool, isn't it? That's really great. We've been everywhere. We've oh, been in the pyramids. I wish I, wish I had you as a mum. <laughs> what, lazy? Anything I can do to stay in bed. <laughs> Come on, Max, let's go to Egypt. But never leave the house. <laughs> Have you ever been to Egypt? I haven't. I'd like to do that. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of ticking things off. I didn't realise. The older I get, the more... I mean, I've always liked travelling. But there's quite a lot. I thought the more I saw, I'd be ticking off destinations and going, cool, I've done Australia, I've done New Zealand, I've done... Yeah, um, but the more I see, the more I want to see. So yeah, we're, not, yeah, yeah. we're now all about the city breaks. Um, That's nice. We're doing because we did um, Amsterdam in November and we did Berlin last month. Yeah. This month even you were in Berlin recently, weren't you? Yeah, just for the gig. Yeah. For the gig, and uh, did you did you go and see any? I didn't know there was comedy clubs in Berlin. There's not. I mean, there's there's quite a lot of English speaking comedy clubs as well. But this is the thing: like England's a little island, and you think that you've got it all. Right, wouldn't no, just there's comedy clubs all over. Comedy. I'm not English, you know, yeah, I'm not I'm, English. You're basically English, right? Oh <laughs> my god, Eric, why do you hate me? I'm just fucking with you. Um, but like, yeah, no, there's comedy everywhere. Everyone loves to laugh, everyone loves to laugh. You just need to work out what what makes them laugh. Um, I love there's a you'll know Jacques Tati, Jacques Tati, Jacques Tati. Do you know who he is? No. Bizarre. He was a French clown who um, did lots of great films. Mon Oncle, uh, Mon Oncle. Yeah. Um, Monsieur, the, the Vacances de Monsieur Rouleau. Okay. Uh, lots of French clowning films. Uh, Mon Oncle's a great one because it's about an old man set in his ways in the sort of 60s and his sister is married to the head of a company and she's all modern and newfangled and he likes his old life and she's showing off to the neighbours with her electronic house and everything. Right. 
Um, but he's, he was massive. And I think he seems to be more popular in the UK than he was in France. Yeah, perhaps. Because anyone in France have asked about Jacques Tati, they don't know about never, him. Yeah, no, I've never heard of him. I am. Um, oh, for me, he's... it was a, a guy called Louis de Funès. Louis de Funès? Yeah, Louis de Funès. And he was a great clown. He was, he was brilliant. And everyone knows him. Um, yeah. What was what was his sort like his um what's he famous for? Louis, Louis. oh loads of films. Oh really? Um, a collection of les gendarmes, uh, where he plays a police officer in the south of France, and and like the first one's les gendarmes Saint Tropez, and the next one is like les gendarmes et les aliens, right? Where aliens, um, aliens. visit, you know? It's like silly. It's proper silly, but I I used to love it when I was a kid. How mad? Because my dad used to show me Jacques Tati, and it was like, and the great thing about clowning, obviously, is you can watch it with the kids and they get it too yeah yeah well that's why mr bean's so popular all over the world he is massively popular isn't yeah. he well he's a clown and it, it doesn't you don't need to know words to fully understand it luckily like with my face um <laughs> not ideal for podcasts but i'm physically sort of interesting on stage uh-huh. and i i don't think about how i move i just move how how it happens and people laugh people just laugh at the, the way I am on stage I loved your physicality in your Edinburgh show this year when you did a whole bit about talking to your foot talking oh yeah 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 that was really interesting well, so- that's because um, so I, I have mental health issues now, who hasn't that's the thing nothing right so, so many people are like oh comedians are more prone to having mental health issues and yes to a certain degree but that's because we have time we have time to think about it. Our job is to think about what makes us shit and then make people <laughs> laugh about it, right? People that have a full-time job, people that have kids and stuff, people that have a full-time job and kids, it, they, you don't have time to think about that because you've got peop- little people to take care of. You know, you've got a full-time job. I hear job. you. I often think it would be great. Sometimes I think I don't have time to formulate a thought because when I walk into the room and there's three children there, every one of them will have a need that I need to meet. Yeah. And sometimes it's all at the same time. And some t- and then I'll, I'll have a, a moment of silence and I'll think, at which point someone will go, Mommy, have you seen my man in it? And you're kind of like, oh my God, I just I just want to be able to think a thing. Yeah. N- not to think about, you know, time on my own, just to think any anything. This podcast is great contraception. <laughs> because this is weird, right? I I really want kids. Uh-huh. I really want kids, but at the same time, um, you are you tired? How, are you okay? I think you can tell me. Like, I, don't I think am it, tired. Am kids, I tired? Do your kids listen to the podcast? Um, no, they don't listen to the podcast. Okay, well, just be honest. Okay. Be honest. Like, do, you, do you like them? I do like them. Do you know what I didn't think about? I knew that I'd be as a mother, I'd be teaching the kids things, and they'd have to learn this, and they'd learn that, and I'd have to guide them through life. And but I didn't know how much I'd learn from them. Wow, that's deep. I learned, they teach yeah. me, they kind of, well, they, do. they, they have go, a they sort of straightforward view of things. Yeah, but also the thing is, your, your kids are actually pretty cool, right? So, because I've met, I've met some kids who are little cunts, no offence. Your but kids kind of... are cool. <laughs> your kids are cool. Are they, but see, I don't, I'm, I'm biased. Yeah, no, I, no, I quite I, like they them. They are, yeah, yeah. They quite like, but they're, they're, they're quite funny, because I, I will say I love them all equally. And then the other day, they're all, they're all keen to be the favourite. Everyone's keen. I didn't realise that sort of... We were, I was sitting snuggling with the three-year-old watching TV the other day there, and he just leaned and went, Mummy, am I your favourite? <laughs> so bizarre, we're having a really nice time here, and you're still jostling for a position. Yeah. Do, you, but, do, you um, say, do you say that they're the favourites? No, I say that e- they all, all annoy me equally. Oh, no, go up to each one of them and go, you're my favourite, but don't tell the others. And tell them all that. <laughs> they'll all t- they'll, no, that, that, would, that would crash straight away. They'd all be like, mum says I'm the favourite. 
Oh, if you're really? straight out there, yeah. Oh. But Max, but I took Max to. We were we. Um, Max is really interested in Egyptology. Obviously, that's why we went to the pyramids. Yeah. Um, and I in Berlin. Did you go to the the Museum Island in Berlin? Yeah. And which did you go into all the museums? No, we weren't there for like long enough. Okay. Um, but uh, it was nice. There's one where they have Nefertiti, the mask of Nefertiti, oh, yeah, 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 who's yeah. supposed to be the most beautiful woman in the world, and she looks gorgeous. And we were looking around, and and I said to Max, "Well, we saw Nefertiti, and we saw when we saw like a, a mummy, and we saw, and when we went to the British Museum, there's loads of Egypt stuff, Egyptian stuff in the the British Museum. Yeah. Max went, "This is a bit wrong, isn't it?" And I said, "Why?" And he was like, "This is someone's grave. They've just taken it. Isn't it wrong? They've just taken someone's." dead body and brought yeah, it back yeah. and well, I mean, it is wrong yeah oh, yeah get out yeah <laughs> at this moment i'm going wow and then they were buried in this and they were embalmed in this and he was kind of like they've stolen a dead body mommy i i think the british museum is incredible <laughs> it's incredible thing, and it's free yeah and like, i think everyone should go like if you want to have like lunch if you're in london have, have lunch at the british museum but the roof's I mean, amazing but it is stolen goods it Everything is. is stolen goods it's so and I'm like because i was looking at it going you know, the, the Elgin marbles that we stole from Greece, it, they, they want that back. And we're like, no, 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 we f- finders keepers. And the kind of the concept of a museum, I mean, it kind of feels like it's like a zoo. It is like a zoo is bad, yeah. but then they have that thing where they invest in keeping animals alive because yeah, yeah. they're in the zoo and people get to see that animal and they get sympathy with that animal. And then, but you're still... Well, it depends, yeah. Well, you, well do you know what I mean? Like, the, there's the zebras there that... The do, you want, ma- do you want a little zoo fact? What? Um, so when France declared war on Prussia, which I think was the most stupid thing France ever did, <laughs> Prussia. Like, Prussia? It's basically Russia plus the rest of Europe. Like, that's how big <laughs> Prussia was. And France was like, come on in. Come on in. <laughs> right? Prussia surrounded France, like, basically surrounded Paris, so nothing was going in or out. And um, they they were running out of food, and I believe that's where maybe they they started eating horse, right? Because they had to eat their own thing. They ate the zoo. They ate everything at the zoo. They ate like the lions and stuff like that. They ate everything. The French did. Yeah, they had to. This is where like maybe the the, the, the old theory. Well, of hang on, we let's eat just stick with the fr- the horse. So um. So they had to because Prussia started Prussia surrounded them. I was like. You're an idiot. Okay. Why'd you you want to fight? You're not going to be eating for a while. <laughs> so I quite like that little, like, imagine that. Imagine just going, hey, lion. guys, we're hungry. Should we eat some some lion? Yeah. What does it taste like chicken? I don't know. <laughs> but I've eaten a lot of it. I've eaten rat. That tastes Have like you? sweet chicken. I got worms from it. Uh, I've eaten alligator. Why? Eaten... Why? What would talk me through this? What bizarre things that you've eaten? Oh, I've eaten. Why rat? I, I was doing a program called How to Survive a Disaster Movie, where you learn about how to survive disaster movies. So, like, I, uh, I, I had to swim with sharks. I got to wrestle an alligator. You don't strike me as a kind of guy that would be jumping into the oh, opportunity it. to swim no, with sharks. No, I love it. What kind of sharks did you swim with? It was Caribbean reefs. It wasn't too bad, but I've got a picture. Caribbean reefs, so it wasn't too bad. How big are they? Six, seven foot. Jesus, Eric. Um, Did you have chain mail on or stuff? No, no, no. Just, I had like uh, my top man uh, underwear on. How much did they pay <laughs> you for that? <laughs> did they pay you? But well I would have done it for free. I would have done it for free. I, I love taking on challenges. I mean, I'm doing the London Marathon in a month. Done it twice, mate. Um, I, this is <laughs> the worst decision I've made in my life. I hate running. It's horrible. It's bullshit. There's um, a really awful bit when you come down to the and you, and when, when you when you get to it, you'll um. Think of me, and you'll hate me for this. 
but you get to the bit where you're just about to go to the Isle of Dogs and you run down yeah. and there's people who have done eight more miles than you running back. So you're running oh, you're really? running you're running into what they're running out of. That's great. That's a really great moment. And you'll run along the barriers thinking, I could just I could just hop I could hop the bar I could hop the barrier here. I could just hop the barrier and you'll think that for about a mile. And you won't do it. Yeah, 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 I wouldn't do it. I, I want to finish that challenge. But oh I think I don't tell tears. you about, you know, the marathon. So the original man that ran from, was yeah. it Athens to Marathon? Someone or, told me this right? after I'd done the marathon. He died. Yeah. He died afterwards. I found out two days ago. I'm like, why are we doing this? <laughs> it was not enough of a health hazard. People, because a friend of mine was like, well, if you've done it twice, I can do it. I can do it. And I was kind of like, okay, go for it and sponsored him and everything. And he didn't complete it and had to be rushed to hospital and... Yeah. yeah, it sounds awful. It's if you're training though, aren't you? Well, barely. But I you um, need to train for it. Eric. I've read about how to run. Um, <laughs> I've seen many videos. And no, generally, have I you not trained for it? Barely. Um, Is it not like in two weeks? It's in a month. I just said. I just said a month. Do you a not month? listen? No, Wendy. I don't. Um, um, but in a month and one day, I will never run again. No, you oh, won't. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. You about... must have done some training. Yeah, I've, I've done some. Uh, it's fine. Are you doing fartlek training? Fartlek? Yeah. What? That's how you train for them. Like you run and you, you run and you, you sprint and you walk and you sprint and you walk and it's sort of apparently it's the quickest way to get fit. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's what I do anyway because I can't run too long. <laughs> That's what, I was laughing because I finished the marathon. My husband was waiting for Stephen was waiting for me at the, the finish line. And of course, I saw him burst into tears, and I was like, "I can't believe I've done it!" And he's like, "Baby, there's still another six feet to go." <laughs> and I could see the finish line, but there's a point when your like your legs just feel so heavy yeah. that it sort of and it hurts more to walk than it does to run. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, so you kind of end up running to, at the like sort of a, at the slowest jog in the world, but um. What was the point of this? I remember kind of thinking, uh, I'm never, I can't remember what I was going to say. Okay, well, we can get back to it. But, uh, what yeah. was I talking about I there? Know, marathon, legs are hurting. Um, it's harder to walk than run. Stephen was there, you cried. Can't remember. Okay, good remember, I remember thinking I'm never going to do it again and then Grace. signed up two years later. Right, right. But um, I doubt I'll ever do it again because I like to... So, you know the bucket list thing yeah. that people have when they're older? Why start when you're old? I, I, so I do my bucket list now. So that's why I've got, uh, I've skydived. Um, and I, I skydived on the day that I was bored. I rang up that day and went, have you got any free spaces that, that morning? And I went to Where the, did you skydive? It was near Ely uh, in, in you know, Cambridgeshire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they, had like, they had a little airfield, somewhere like that, near Ely. And I did it on the day. It was great. It was one of the be- most beautiful days in England. There was not a cloud in the sky, so we got to see all the farmland, all the uh-huh. patches. I loved it. So that I did that. I've got my motorbike license. I don't have a motorbike <laughs> because I now I just I love taking things off. Talk me through the feelings of what happened. So you get up there in the plane. Were you frightened? Are you frightened? Are you exhilarated? Or are you? It's like firstly, I, I thought if you're going to die, I mean that's a hell of a way to die. So I was like, fine. I've already I already accepted death. The, the 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 scary feeling, the scary thing is when they open the door. Like really, they just open the door. Oh, they just open the door. So I was like, wow. Okay. Of course. And you're attached to someone because you can do like the whole steps where you do it yourself. But if you ring on a day, I doubt they'll just let you jump out. <laughs> yeah, sure. Fill your boots. <laughs> so I was attached to a man, and the man was like a really lovely guy. But he was the only one that came out of out of the five other crew. That was dressed just in a white t-shirt. And he came out eating a cheese and tomato sandwich. Just going, oh, are you ready to jump then? 
I was like, oh God, not You're with you. You're a bit laid back. <laughs> <laughs> and so open, you open the door and <laughs> you got the wind and stuff. And then... Oh my God, I was to, just panicked. You have to dangle your legs out of the plane. That is the scary thing. You're like, so then you're sitting on the edge of nothing. And all of a sudden you hear three, two, oh no. one. And as, as you say one, your bum's not touching the floor anymore. And so that's the moment where you feel like, oh, if you really want to, <laughs> if you don't want to jump, hold on to the plane now. And oh, that's the scary bit because as you jump, for the first five seconds, it feels like you're falling. Okay. The, the feeling of falling is yeah. there. Because after that, you don't feel like you're falling. Don't you? No, you How feel come? like you're floating. You feel like you're levitating. It's... I don't like that. So the, the, the bit where your, your stomach sort of falls out. Yeah, that. Well, imagine that, but for like five, ten seconds. And then you look back and the plane is already gone. Really? And that is, you, you're dropping. You drop. It's, it's an incredible feeling. I've done it twice now. Um, so once there and once in Las Vegas. Uh, Obviously. I like to do my skydiving in Vegas. Most people gamble. I jump out of planes. That was great fun. Um, And then you just totally exhilarated at the end of it. Must be a massive massive rush of adrenaline. Incredible feeling. And then when the parachute comes out, what's great is that you've just been falling out at 120 miles an hour. So it's really loud. And then when the parachute comes out, nothing. No traffic, no, no birds, no nothing. Silence. Silence. You're high. You're so high up. There's no noise pollution. It's just how mad. Oh, it's great. Would you recommend at least doing that once? Definitely, definitely. It's you know when's the last time you heard there was a parachute problem? There wasn't. I think last time I heard one was because it was like teams competing and like one guy cut something. Like this is like rivalry. No one's gonna do that to Wendy Waste. You haven't got any enemies. (laughs) I kind of feel like I've got responsibilities though. That there's a part of me going. There's three people that I need to look after. Well, four if you include the husband, but three definitely. Yeah, I sort of appreciate that. I'd feel. I kind of feel a bit cavalier about throwing myself out of a plane. Yeah, I'd feel. But then you could do it once they're all eighteen and stuff, and you're. More, yeah, when I'm 70, I'll be one of those crazy old women that just do crazy stuff. Oh, why not? Is that like 96-year-old I quite fancy that. That's, that's doing like gymnastics and stuff. I saw just her. She's old. amazing. Just because you're old doesn't mean you can't do shit. I was talking about this this morning that I think that we need to see old people on TV. I want to see more, a lot more old people on TV. And also, we had a school trip. This uh, Max had a school trip this week and we went to the RAF Museum in Hendon. Have you been? Oh. oh, it's amazing. Loads of really old planes. They've got German planes. They've got French planes. They've got British planes. They've got all these... Amazing oh. planes, so cool. See why what, planes aren't racist? Planes why aren't racist. Are yeah, <laughs> there we go. There's a there's a thing. Planes aren't racist, but um, there's lots of old people wandering around, and I was thinking to the kids because they had sort of learned about the about the blitz and what happened, and it was so cool. They had an air uh, an air raid warden came in and spoke to the kids. Like they all got issued with their ID cards and their. Uh, gas masks and all that kind of stuff and right. then the air raid warden came in and said no there's going to be a blackout and a blackout you have to put in a, and pull the curtains down we don't want any lights being shone and then, and then the air raid siren goes off right and they're like oh quick evacuate and the kids, the, the kids all get up and they get we got all got evacuated into an, uh, an air raid shelter and it was like we're all sitting huddled up and the, the and explosions were going off outside and it, right. it, was, it was just really cool for them to get a flavor of it but there was loads of old people walking around and i was thinking ask the old people Ask them what it was yeah, like. Also, like, ask them what it's like, and it's probably not cool for them. And they're walking around. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> shitting themselves. <laughs> well, I read a story about a guy who had to get rid of his parrot after the um, war because his had an African grey that are brilliant at mimicking. Yeah, yeah. And he was so traumatised because the, the parrot kept doing the air raid siren. <laughs> He's like, Secret nah, you've got to go, you've got to go. <laughs> Sitting down with a cup of tea. <laughs> oh! That's funny. I, uh, yeah. So skydiving sounds. I want to know more about the, the, the weird food stuff. So you've had rat and that tastes like sweet chicken. Yeah, it was really nice. And I had to like, I had to kill it and I had to um, behead it, skin it, cook it. Look for diseases. Uh, I did not see that it had worms, uh, but I had worms a few days later. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, because basically, that was to like what would happen if you had to survive. Like, if you survived in a post-apocalyptic world, okay. rats would be abundant. It, they, they'd be everywhere. Rats would survive, like just like. I thought it was just cockroaches, but rats no, would survive it, too. It depends, I guess. On, depends on the post-apocalyptic disaster. Because what happens to us? But rats would take over. Rats would be all over the place, and that would be a, an abundant source of food so I learned about how, how did to, you cook it uh, just on a on a homemade fire with like like sort of Florida branches and stuff I was in Florida to do this and um, and yeah it was fun I'm you know I'm more vegetarian now really but, but I do it was it was interesting and this is the thing right so the the director was like okay just before I was about to eat the rat he was mm-hmm. like cut yeah we got you some chicken I was like no and I was like no I'm not a diva at all but I made a point that if they wanted a shot of me eating something, it would be of the rat. How and bizarre. Because, because we'll like, get you some chicken. Because they were like, oh, because of health and safety. And I was like, but that's not okay. You just made me kill a rat. So I'm going to eat the rat out of like respect kind of thing. Like, yeah. I wasn't okay with... I'm okay just with mindless like, killing. And if people are eating meat, I don't have a problem with that. But you should have the guts to then be able to kill it, right? Yeah. I killed the rat, so I'm going to eat the rat. Now... Yeah, in hindsight, I had worms, but I still don't regret. <laughs> for, for a week. That health and safety thing you're talking about turns out it was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I still, I still, you still did it. I still glad I ate the rat out of respect for it. Like, what? So you've eaten rat. What other stuff have you eaten? I don't know everything. Crocodile, just crocodile. Shark. What does crocodile taste like? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, really nice. Like it's Did really you like nice. It? Crocodiles and alligators are my, my favorite animal. They're my favorite animal, and. I'm annoyed that it was one of the best tasting things I've had. Oh, really? Yeah, I had it in Kenya, and it was just great. It's so good. I climbed a mountain. I climbed Mount Kenya um, again. For the same show? No, just I was bored, and I agreed to, to, to What were you doing in Kenya? Climbing Mount Kenya. Did you go there to climb Mount Kenya? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Did, just, did you just decide to do that on a day yeah, as well? No. And then we'll pick a flight. Hello. Hello. Kenya, um, I'm here. But again, no training. I just, I just went. I just went. And was it easier, more difficult? or It's just... not climbing. It's not like rock face climbing. It's more like trekking. And then like the last bit, there's a bit of like climbing, but mm-hmm. not, you know, you don't need like cables or anything Or like oxygen that. or anything. But the, well, no, you don't need oxygen. But uh, the last day, the altitude sickness really got me. Really? Yeah, yeah, really got me. Luckily, it was on the one day off. It was like on base camp just before the big climb. Uh, so everyone was like, we could just have a day of relaxing. That whole day I was in the tent crying and altitude and sickness it, like they, they call it altitude sickness but it's not you, you don't just feel sick do you it's not it's more uh, mental if you think about how like the the, the air pressure the, the air sort of 
Like, I had a bag of peanuts, and the uh-huh. bag of peanuts was, like, double the size because the air inside just inflated. Imagine that's what's going inside of you. Okay. And the dreams, everyone was talking about how their dreams was incredibly vivid, incredibly vivid. So I still think about the dreams now that I had on Kenya in Kenya. It was fascinating what the altitude does to you. That's why, again, the Incas... So, I guess, climb... so sorry, sorry. Get you, the pressure increases, yeah. and you kind of... Weird things happen to you. And is it because it's a lack of oxygen? I don't fully understand it. Okay. But, it's, but something's happening to the air, yeah. Like, it's uh, uh, like cabin pressure, you know, mm-hmm. like in planes. They have to actually pressurise it so it doesn't feel like... But, yeah, you're, you're high up. The altitude is... The air is different up there. So you have really vivid dreams. Very what kind of vivid. stuff were you dreaming? Oh, I can't... Like, it was like you were in full... I, I, felt, I felt like a god kind of thing. And I felt very strong. And I felt like I was controlling the dreams as well. You know, you can do that while you're, yeah. like, sometimes sea level but I felt like every night it was like check this out for a dream it was and I, really? and I remembered everything the, the next day woke up uh, and again like the Incas would, would climb up sometimes up the Andes and do ceremonial stuff up there and you learn like, felt like, you're like oh and you can sort of appreciate it like the altitude does that um, how mad yeah it was incredible to climb but then you, you said you were crying yeah because the if you get sick from it it's, I mean, it's hard. It is. Not everyone got sick. Some people were sick throughout as well. And that's not throwing up? It's not throwing up. It's like... Uh, you, you, you think a lot more. You, you, you internalise everything and you get, like, head, headaches. You, get, you, do, you will get headaches. How mad. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. But it's great. That's pretty cool. So you've climbed Mount Kenya, you've eaten crocodile, rat... Alligator. Oh yeah, and the shark. I wish I could show you pictures. The shark. So I was I was surrounded by. Are these say, things eight... not like? Are you allowed to eat these things? Yeah, sure. Right. So <laughs> sure, why not? Shark. Okay. I've eaten kids. <laughs> baby goats. Don't be saying that. Baby goats. I meant baby goats. Right. But I am. Um, and shark tastes like tuna. Shark tastes. It's like a white fish. But is like, it? Yeah. Um. So uh, and where I tasted that actually was in London. There's a restaurant called Dans le Noir, which is French for In the Dark. I've been. And uh, blind waiters take you around. It's fascinating. You can put your hand right in front of your nose and you will not see your hand. We went to that restaurant and um, it made me laugh so much because I read in one of the reviews um, that it's William and Kate's favourite restaurant to go to. Right. And they like to go there because no one recognises them. Because obviously you're completely in the pitch black, Mm. aren't you? And um, I was thinking, but surely there's a security detail outside (laughs) kind of flagging it to everyone that... William and Kate are inside. Surely, surely they don't go without their, their royal security. But sure, it is a but really interesting place, that restaurant. Yeah, it's great. I, th- I think, A, it's great because it's fascinating to watch uh, blind people just doing a job perfectly. Like, because mm-hmm. it's like, imagine being blind. That's insane. Um, and they take you around and it's, it's great. But also the food is great because you... I don't eat with, like, knife and fork well, generally, anyway, but like you really enjoy the food more. You, you what do you, you eat feel, with then? I, I I eat with my hands when I go to that restaurant. All right, right? and you feel how the food. Like, how many times have you actually sort of grabbed the steak and sort of felt it? And I didn't like the it? steak in there because I was I find the meat. There was little sort of chipolata sausages that I had, and I kind of was like, these feel like thing. I don't know if everything's heightened. I kind of feel like if you well, shut is. down one sense, everything else jumps on and goes, don't worry, we've got this. No, but it is. But, that, that, but that's what I enjoy. Like, when's the last time? You, normally, you just 
put a fork on the food, bam, it's a conduit. Like, you never touch the food mm-hmm. apart from inside your mouth. So this time, like, you can touch it with your fingers, and you're like, ooh, that feels nice. And then you put it in your mouth, and you're like, mmm. Instead of just eating it, mm-hmm. you're just shoving it all in your face. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Like this, mm, you take your time, and, and you don't need a bigger portion, because you're taking your time. Yeah. I normally eat loads. But... I find that I find that the, the texture of the food really threw me. Like I was, I'm quite big on textures. I don't like um, aubergines or mushrooms. Really, I like the flavour of mushrooms, but not the, te- the texture. Yeah, you're right. Mussels, you don't like those then. I do like mussels. Oh, weird. Weirdly. Yeah, that is weird because if you don't like mussels, you shouldn't like mushrooms. Mushrooms, I know. Do you like hard mushrooms? Yeah. yeah Portobello mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. I thought you'd like that. Um, <laughs> um, what else was going to um, what have you I mean we got di- we digressed from the we've whole digressed I know Im- oh yes immigration you went on that I, I, this is how my stand-up works honestly yeah, you, you've so seen me do stand-up works. where I start I start off at one place and then go what the hell was I talking about I still, I still can't remember the mar- what I was talking about with the marathon we that's spoke, completely we spoke, gone we spoke about this before like two years ago we were like oh we should do a podcast together we're really oh, good yeah. do you remember we never got around we to it we never got around to it but because we we're, we work quite similar in terms of our brains, I think we work. They kind similar. of go, yeah. Mm. My brain looks more like a tree than a sort of map. Oh, a tree! That's nice. I think, I think of it. I think of them as fireworks. Fireworks. <laughs> fireworks constantly going. Oh, off. that's cool. That's uh, cool. Or never-ending spider diagrams. <laughs> so, um, yeah, because we were sitting in. Was it two years ago? We were sitting in LA. We were in Los Angeles yes. chatting about how cool yeah, was that. Yeah, and I was talking to you about my this wife This amazing now. girl that you've met. And I was going, oh, you know, oh I've met this girl and she, I'm definitely going to marry her. She's and I was incredible. like, all right, Eric. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now married. And now married. Congratulations. How is married life? I love it. Love it. I love it because I, because of my anxiety, I always look at the worst case scenario and think of the bad things and stuff like that. And it's just nice to feel like... I've got someone's back and I feel like she's got my back. You know, like it's really... In some previous relationships I had, I would put all my effort, but they, I felt like they wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, They didn't. Uh, I am hard work. (laughs) I don't think you're giving up your end of the bargain. I've done done an assessment of our relationship and I think I'm hitting all my targets and frankly, my dear, you need to step up your game. Uh, Luckily, her game has stepped up. So it's so nice to feel I went shopping with your wife because bless her, when she arrived in the UK, she had all her Californian clothes with her. Yeah. Um, And didn't kind of know how to dress for the cold she's she, like it's really really cold she's still not fully understanding that <laughs> i just like oh, every time i'm like just think one extra layer just, <laughs> just always add extra layer she doesn't understand that and like all her shoes because this is interesting though in california for example you don't need to walk because you live in a place where you've got car park mm-hmm. so you drive to the next place where there's a valet straight away you're indoors to sit down mm-hmm. right so you don't need so every shoes is not made for walking when i love walking I love walking from Finsbury Park to Leicester Square, right? That's quite a walk. It's like an hour and a bit, not even that really. I quite like it. And she, um, she she hates it. Does she? Yeah, she hates everything about this country. Um, (laughs) She loves the people and stuff. And I'm trying to go, no, but come on, the museums are free. Like, (laughs) it's great here. Yeah, the healthcare is free for now. Uh, Yeah, oh, that's shit. Um, So, uh... It's weird how I'm. I might be moving to America, and I'm now starting to feel safer about the politics over there than than here. Isn't that strange? That's weird. So bizarre. Um, I wanted because we talked about immigration, and you were telling me stuff that I, as a British citizen, you kind of think I'm looked after and protected. Yeah, I'm, not okay. at all. Your, your country I'm... looks after um, 
immigrants more than your country. But that's not like, yeah, I knew it. Like they should. But it's not. It's it's like no. If you actually took part in Europe, you would get the same benefits. So, for example, I am technically French. I've lived here. I'm English, you know. But like, I'm English, but I'm technically French. So passports French, and so to have my wife come over here, it. It cost me like the paperwork. Who's American? American. Your wife's American, also. It costs fifty-five pounds to do the paperwork rather mm-hmm. than two and a half grand if I was British. So it costs you fifty-five pounds as a member of the European Union, yeah. but because you're, if you were British, it would be two and a half thousand pounds. Something like that, right? Right. Um, also, so it's more expensive also, for British people to have to have their loved ones in their own country, right? Okay. Because because the UK wants out a little bit. So the UK wants out a little bit, but it's not fully out. So it's like either make a decision, right? Mm-hmm. But if you make a decision to stay with Europe, we look out for each other. So another thing is, uh, while the application's coming through, so it takes about six months, she's allowed to stay with me, right? She's allowed to stay with me, and she's legally allowed to work. But if you, she, yeah. she is, right? But if you were British... If she were British, she wouldn't even be allowed with you. So she'd have to be back at home. Wait, wait for six months now there's a different thing you could you could go to her country for example um, but then you don't have the visa for their country either it's, I'm having the same problem over there essentially but because I'm waiting here while the application's coming through it's not a problem yeah um, and so yeah like it's weird how I'm discovering that uh, for example we so we came back from so Brussels so the home office doesn't even look after the British people very well yeah no and so we, we came back from Brussels and we were held up a little bit mm-hmm. at the border control. Now, luckily, because I'm French, all I had to do was prove that I'm married to her. Mm-hmm. And we had, the, we had the marriage certificate, boom. If I was English, she couldn't go back in. She wouldn't come back in. Why? Because she is currently in the middle of getting the visa. Oh and so if she was British, they'd be like, well, you don't have a visa, so you can't come in. And uh, that's insane. But people, but here with the UKIP and everything, we hear all these stories about how terrible the immigration is. It's it, it's so hard to be an immigrant. Like how, how people are like, you, you're reading this from the news. Don't stop trusting the news for your fucking information. It's bizarre. But I was speaking to my daughter today because she's thirteen. It was yesterday, in fact. But she's thirteen, and we're trying to sort of. I'm trying to get her to ask questions. So we were looking at Sky News, uh, talking about the debate between Ed Miliband and David Cameron. Right. And they were showing up and I said, look at the pictures. I paused the TV and I was like, look at the pictures they're using. Can you try and guess what political party Sky might be behind because of the pictures they're using of Ed Miliband and of David Cameron? And Bella looked at it and went, I think they're behind David Cameron because the picture of David Cameron they've got is one of him looking like an elder statesman and powerful. Mm. And the one they've got of Ed Miliband, he looks a little bit dopey. Yeah, but he so, does look a bit dopey. That's the problem. But also the photo, the, the, but the photograph is you can you can see you can yeah, see yeah. once it's once it's brought to your attention, and I'm trying to bring it to her attention because she doesn't she doesn't question the yeah, news yeah. or newspapers. She doesn't she assumes that they're just giving us information. She doesn't know about political agendas yeah, yeah. and what they're pushing. And I think half the country don't know that either. They're just half kind the of don't. And my dad, I think he's really intelligent, and um, he travelled the world with his job. He was a jockey, and we sort of travelled around. He was right. a jockey. Yeah, and so we travelled around. I'm going to be asking you about that. Sorry. You know, and he was friends with all sorts of people. He lived in Dubai. He was friends with like the the Arab world over there, and in Africa, he had loads of like black friends. Like, he he was he's incredibly liberal, right? Mm-hmm. And I love that. 
Last year, so he's lived in England now for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. Last year, he said something that made me go, huh? huh? <laughs> and I was like, where, sorry, where did you get that information, Dad? He went, well, I read it in the, the paper, right? And I was like, well, th no! What? I was like, you're wrong! You're what wrong. did he say? He, I can't remember what he said because I brushed it off because yeah. you know it was very it... silly. It wasn't, it wasn't racist, but it was like, Dad, you're super liberal. Why? You? It made yeah, me yeah. Very, con very confused. And um, it's because he got it from newspapers. This is the thing. Traveling around the country, you do as well, yeah. with stand-up. You notice that the very white areas are the ones that are racist. and are... I looked at a map of where UK voters are highest. And it correlated pretty much where the amount of immigrants were. Where there's no immigrants, that's where the highest you can vote were. You're scared of what you don't know. I think but they're, they're like, operating on fear, aren't they? Yeah, totally. Once you, like my nan, she was like, oh, you're moving to London. This was when I was moving to London. Oh, you're moving to London. Lots of Muslims there. It's like, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what if they wear a backpack? Well, they have to wear stuff. Like they have to, they have yeah. to carry stuff in their bags. What are you talking about, man? Right? She's terrified because I don't think she, I don't think she's met one. She's not met a Muslim. Think, I don't think she's met a Muslim. So she's scared of them, maybe. Right? Why would you be scared of? Because have you checked out the news? Yeah. It's making Muslims like they're fucking demons. I think Where's it's really it? interesting the reporting of the plane crash. I mean, that tragic plane crash oh, that's in the Alps. Weird, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. weird, but interestingly enough, if that pilot had been. Muslim, someone was talking about it today on Twitter, how the reporting might be very different to what oh, we're hearing shit. now. Yeah, 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 it would. But then I think, yeah, yeah, that's true. But I'm against all religions. So, that's well, yeah. Easily, easy, hands down. I think it's illogical to judge someone on the colour of their skin, on the pigment of their eyes, the colour of their hair, how big or tall, small mm -hmm. they are. It doesn't make sense. That's illogical it to judge It doesn't make sense. On. But to judge someone because they believe in fairies in the sky, judge away. <laughs> judge away. Do you know what? I don't want to judge anyone. I kind of think whatever, get, I, 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 you know, if that helps you, fine. Oh, yeah, that, but that's in, fine. And starting a war because of it, I'm going like, mm. I'm all up. And the thing is, I actually quite like the idea of religion. I know many religious people from all of the different religions who are lovely, right? So that's fine. That's not a problem. Mm -hmm. But when you're killing like the Charlie Hebdo thing really got me yeah. because it wasn't a just a, a, a attack on French people in Paris where I was just there like two days before it was uh, they, 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 they draw funny cartoons of all the religions right mm -hmm. the news made it seem like they were drawing just Muslims no if you do your research every religion got it right every religion got it and and essentially they were comedians and I was like yeah. god that's yeah. I was weird. scared I was, kind of, I was scared for us and I, I hate it. This is the thing. So there's three different types of Muslim people at the moment. Mm -hmm. There's the ones that are like, yeah, Muslim, but like we're just living our lives. Like, yeah, we don't practice it fully. We're Muslim, right? Then there's the naughty fucking ISIS ones that are like, you're not Muslim. I mean, you are technically Muslim, but you you're not. A, you're on, you're, what are you doing? <laughs> you're reading things out of context. However, the things they are reading are in the Quran. So it's it's hard to say because it's like, well, no, come on. It's like uh, I know so many people that are gay and Christian. And in my head, I'm like, well, I mean, you cherry picked. But yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you do that. And I'm glad that your God allows it. Because, of course, I can't cherry pick because I don't believe in astrology. But then I'll go, oh, that's right. That's me. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm all I'm all up for cherry picking if you cherry pick the good stuff. Yeah. Now, essentially what and, and then there's the, there's the third group of Muslims, the ones in the middle that don't agree with what ISIS are doing, 
but they're not voicing it. We, we need the Muslim community to voice against ISIS and go, we're not with you. Guys, because can you not do that? <laughs> because the majority, it's less than 1% of Muslims not yeah. like this. Like, it's really, and they're it's famously peace-loving religion, isn't it? Well, it's not, that's the thing, it's not a peace, it's, a, because if you look at the Quran, there, there are peaceful Islam passages. Islam is a peaceful religion. Yes, there are peaceful passages, just like the Bible has peaceful passages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the hearing. Bible also has very nasty yeah. passages, and, uh, and Islam also has very nasty passages. And we need to update the religion, and the, the, the Muslim community need to go, you don't represent our religion. I am mm-hmm. still Muslim, but what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Because the problem is, if, if you read, I'm, I'm interested in religion, is that you do read some passages, it does say in some passages like, um, uh, you can you can kill essentially you can kill people in the name of religion. So I am par- paraphrasing. Right. So this is not verbatim. <laughs> oh, you can totally do it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, but it does, there are passages like that. You know, it's it's not okay. So it can be interpreted like that. Yeah, and, and it's so into like with, with the kids because I've not brought them up religiously because uh, I was brought up strict Catholic. Yeah. And my Max and I went to Rome. He's really into ruins and stuff so we went to have a look at the Colosseum and, and on the way back we were chatting about religion and we were, we were sitting at the airport and these three priests got down got sat down next to us and they were chatting away and and Max looked at them and he looked really sad for them I said what, what's wrong he said I'm really sad for those guys and I said why and he said well they've dedicated their lives to something that I just don't believe in I was kind of mm. like okay I like, Max on the upside they feel really sad for you as well and he said why and I thought because as far as they're concerned you're going to hell (laughs) you're going to hell because you don't believe he's like okay okay i don't feel so sad for them anymore but i i yeah like i I don't mind religion um i'm lucky to know some from all of the religions nice people and actually they're exactly the same they believe in a higher being i'm all up for that i don't know what happened before the big bang so i'm not saying no to it i'm saying no to Muslims, Christians, Jews, and all the other man-made religions. Yeah. But if you believe that there's something higher, go ahead. Yeah, go for your life. Go ahead. It's it's interesting. Like for example, I love that on the tw- I think it was 28th of October, Pope Francis, the, the Pope currently Catholic, he said, um, "Evolution's real." He was like, "Guys, just get behind this. It's quite clear that evolution is real." Uh, I also believe in the Big Bang. But science has not proved what happened before the Big Bang, and I believe that's where our God comes from. And I was like, "You are brilliant, right?" Like, and some people, some strong atheists were like, "Oh, he's just trying to convert more." And I was like, "Yeah, but if he's trying to convert more with facts, Fair, yeah. I'm fine with that." It, this is the thing: people, people are ignoring facts. My like, cousin's a Catholic scientist, and she's like that, got a PhD, and she she believes. In all the science, but she thinks God makes it possible. Oh, that's that would bother me. That's hard. It's interesting, you know. It's it's a viewpoint. It, no, it's a viewpoint, God and I, you in know, serious ways. I could slap you right in the face right now and go, "Oh, sorry. Oh, just sorry. That was God." God mysteriously moved my hand across he your face. Did that. And and also in the book it says that I can do that to women. So actually, get deal yeah. with it. Well, this is not mad, mad. Not, not, any, not really kind are, to women, are they? Why are women? Atheists. All women should be atheists because they are treating women like shit in each of these books. I think it might be because we can grow life. I don't think the boys like that. There are some boys that don't like the fact that we grow life. But also, I think that um, I'm not one of those like, hey, I'm super feminist. And But I do think that if women just 
kind of took over. <laughs> I think things would just be a bit better. <laughs> I think it might be a bit better. <laughs> I think it'd be better. Now, we would be like that come on boys put those down play nicely if you don't stop fighting Russia against France I'm going to bang your heads together and we're all going to have to eat lions I think women just are just better at doing shit and the whole multitasking thing I think is real I can't multitask I'm not very good at that Um, and there's so many like stereotypes I'm like oh yeah it turns out like my wife is the worst person I've ever met with directions easily the worst but then you look at evolution, right? Women in tribes, and this is early, early Homo sapien, late Homo erectus type thing, right? Um, the women used to stay in the villages taking care of the children. They had to take care of the children, therefore they had to be better at communicating and they had to be better with their emotions. Oh no, I'm scared that you're doing that and I'm showing you fear. Uh, and I love you very much, so please don't leave the village and yeah. listen to me, right? And then the, the men, they had to go hunt. So they had to go hunt for... Uh, and we didn't have guns and stuff, we had rocks. So you had to go for miles out of the village. You didn't have Google Maps. How the hell are you going to make sure you get back home? So you had to learn how to navigate with the stars well, and Well, you see, I'm going to disagree with you about the directions thing because I think... Oh, I'm not saying every woman okay. is bad. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I am saying that statistically I appreciate why men are better at spatial yeah. awareness. Just like I'm very emotional. Uh, he's, I, I'm very emotional and I communicate and I, I'll cry easily and all of these things which is stereotypically yeah. fucking female right but um, no no I, I think we can it's not black and white but st- statistically it does seem like uh, men are better at spatial awareness so for example I think me- women are better at driving but in terms of parking what I've seen is okay <laughs> and I've never I never wanted to agree with these things but what I was going to say about the directions thing is I think women and men communicate differently so if your wife was giving directions to me there's every possibility that they would make perfect sense whereas if she oh was giving... no no you've not gone out with that <laughs> I, my I'm husband sure, my husband I'm... like finds it bizarre that i'll say it'll be just in front of you on the left and he'll be like, just in front of him on the left and just in front my just in front of you on the left and his just in front of you on the left are completely different things yeah does that make sense you know i sort of appreciate it and, but I'm, I'm not saying that you're bad at directions. I'm just saying my wife is <laughs> incredibly bad. And, but, but I also appreciate that evolution... You can't, you can't ignore evolution stuff. You know, like... Um, yeah. I, I think mean, women are very good at nurturing and men are good at hitting targets. Right, but, the, but that's, uh, that is an evolutionary pattern. Um, that's quite but, a sweeping statement. But, Nobody come after me. No, no, but for example, it doesn't mean that women can't hit targets and yeah, yeah. men can't communicate. It's just that that's our fault. If you take a sample size, yeah. And that's why I think women should run the the world. You're better at communicating things. And dissipating arguments. Yeah, so I think... (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying. Um, I want to know about your dad being a jockey. Yeah, he he slaps muscle around and makes He slaps muscle around? Oh, horses. And then you eat them? (laughs) I've eaten horse before, yeah. I don't don't care. Um... Everyone that's eating a Findus lasagna is eating horse. <laughs> <laughs> Topical. Um, <laughs> that's what, no, your dad. So your dad. Who, who does he? Did he? Does, does someone? How did? How did jockeys work? Do you? Do they get employed by a person or by a stable or by an owner? Or it's weird. Like I, I don't fully know because I'm not that interested in the world of it. <laughs> but um, it's weird how me and my dad are actually quite similar. So he, I was. It's essentially he's a sportsman. He, that's a sport. Yeah. I always saw it as an entertainment thing. You know, he's in front of an audience. Okay. And, and he, okay. he parades around in funny costumes. 
Uh, is he Jockey, tiny? Yeah, he's really small. He's, How tall is he? He looks like my son that suffers from that aging disease. He's, he's ridiculous. <laughs> but you're how tall are you? I'm six. I'm like my mum's size. My mum's tall. So um, your mum, your mum's really tall, and your dad's really small. How tall is your dad? Uh, like my shot. I don't know. Like height, I don't do like you don't do heights. Stuff. I don't okay. Know, I don't know how it works. So he's wee. Yeah, he's small. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, it's weird how like uh, you know they travel around the world, they travel around the country, performing in front of different audiences. And I, it, I really find it fascinating. And if they win, they get that high of getting a room to like that laughed at them. And if they lose, they, they had a bad gig. You know? yeah. And I really like that. And they're like models, you know, they have to make sure they keep their weight, weight down. Like, it was weird, right? Again, that's the stereotypes differences. Me and my mum would eat loads, right? My mum was eating loads. She was super thin like me. She would, blah, blah, blah. And my dad would eat a salad. Like, he'd have to look really? up, yeah, he'd have to be really careful. I don't know why I put a lisp on. Yeah. <laughs> so be very careful, like, with everything that he ate. And, yeah, it's How funny. funny. And so would you go and see him as a kid? Would you go and see him race? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how was that? Did you enjoy it? Or were you just like, yeah, whatever, I'm at my dad's work? Um, like, I'm at my dad's work. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No Although interest? It was, it, no, no interest. But um, but it was awesome. Like, when my dad won, like, it was great. But um, like, he had me when, when, I, when he was 24. My mum was 17. Like, oh, they, wow. I was a mistake. No, <laughs> but, you were an accident. It's not the same thing. No, I mean, now in hindsight, <laughs> I think they absolutely adore me, but they shouldn't have had me too, they had me too young. Like, my mum had, like, things that she could have done. I think she was going to go to university. She didn't do it. And my dad, he was a sportsman, like, travelling around the country. So the jockeys have, like, obviously he has to train and stuff. Does it, he's not doing it anymore. How old are you when you retire as a jockey? Oh, I don't know. It depends as well about, like physically like something happened to his neck um because they fall as well sometimes they fall like, oh, God, i never thought about that they must so, like, do they imagine falling at that speed and stuff and then maybe like getting trampled on by horses like this oh it's my god scary it's proper scary I've, i saw him in hospital once and he like he had a few ribs broken and stuff but that's part of the job that's, that's and so how do they train then do they like work out or um, you don't know do you I don't really know. I, I think it's about the weight, definitely. And every day they go they go out riding and they ride different horses, so they mm. go like one thing that one thing that I, I love about my dad now is that he's not allowed to ride. He's actually not allowed to ride horses anymore. Oh my god! Physically, something happened to his neck. So so that's weird. Imagine not being able to ride horses anymore, like after your whole life. So he's he went through a bit of a sad patch. Does he miss but, it? Yeah, he misses it totally. Yeah, imagine like not ever getting again, not getting that high of getting a room to laugh at you. It's it's quite strange, but he's now put his focus into different things. He's gone weird and brilliant. What he, replaces being a jockey then? What 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 kind he of makes t- chutneys? <laughs> he just makes loads <laughs> of different types of chutneys. Really, it's really strange. And his chutneys are good. Like, really? Oh my god! I get stoned like every now and then, and I'll get like all my friends around. Like we're all stoned. And I'm like, guys, are you all hungry? They're like, yeah, yeah. And instead of getting crisps and stuff, I get like loads of different types of cheeses and all of my dad's chutneys. And everyone's like, oh, I want some chutney. Oh. Favourite chutney? Oh, like apple and... I can't, I can't remember what he does. Like, variety. And all these little homemade jars and... Oh, wow. It's weird. I love it. I so love it. So it goes from racing horses to chutneys. Need, I love he, it. But he needs, like, loads of different things now to keep him focused. So what else does he do then? Um, He's, like now got like a little place in Suffolk he's like he's got like himself a little farm so he he raises his lambs and he raises pigs and stuff and wow. he needs yeah yeah he needs constant 
distractions because he doesn't get that high anymore yet. Yeah, Is that what we're going to be doing when we're older, Eric? Are we going to be making chutneys and and and, birth and lambing? I think so. But, but also, <laughs> like, it's it's hard to not gig again. If you lose your legs, you could still go on stage and do yeah. stand up comedy. I mean, stand up comedy. Mm. But like, you know, you could you lose your arms. You could potentially go on. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's so you could do you could lose your voice and still do performance you yeah know, some, dr brown is great at that like you know a boy with tape on his face you can yeah. still do you can still get the height but he can't have it anymore he can't because it's, it's physically that's crazy i remember once he had to lose weight in south africa and so he wrapped himself in bin bags have you ever been have you ever touched like have you had a bin bag on your skin i used to well, after i've after uh, two of my children when I trained I used to put a bin bag on underneath my sh- shirt before I went oh, okay, right, right. to sweat, so he, he, sweat more he did but he wrapped everything his whole oh body God. imagine in South Africa the heat right and he would push um, as he was running he would push a um, lawnmower as well as he would so he would run around and push this thing covered in bin bags and I remember he took it off once and it was just like a tsunami just coming oh, out oh really it was disgusting yeah so that's weight, top top weight loss tips from Eric there. Bin bags and sunshine. And, and lawnmowers. <laughs> I think that's probably a good place to leave it. <laughs> I've been enlightened by that. Is there anything coming up that we should know about to watch out for? Because you're a big star in France, aren't you? Not a big star, but like it's weirdly taking off quicker out there. That's what you need. You need one big chance on TV. I'm not interested in doing panel shows. That's why like it's taken a bit longer for me. So, um... But yeah, France is doing well. There's a show that I do called Comedian Cinema Club. Uh-huh. And it's now selling out in London and stuff. It's like, it's I, where, you've done it. I've done it, in, yeah, I did it in, in Edinburgh. And basically it's where you take your favourite movies and some comedians. We all work separately. And I essentially put us together and we have to improvise our way through a movie. And it's so fun. It's like, very good fun. Audiences are really loving it. It's I love good... it when the audience get involved because like, sometimes there's not enough comics. We, you know, we have to pull people out of the audience to yeah. do stuff, don't we? So it's really fun. And in London, it's different because the first hour is stand-up. We all do 10 minutes of material. Then there's a break. And then we do the movie. And you can tell audiences are like, we've not had, we don't have a show like this in London. So it, it feels great. So I'm, if you oh, can, cool. like, follow Com Cine Club on Twitter. And when's the next one? Uh, next one's the 29th of April. We're doing the Sixth Sense. Okay. Uh, I just did ET, and like I was naked in underpants, <laughs> just like just with my long eye-eye fingers. <laughs> it was disgusting. And then when ET is in Elliot's room, and he's like, oh, and Elliot's like, oh, yeah, th- these are my action figures and stuff. Well, I did that with the audience. He was like, yeah, you can touch them. You can play with them. <laughs> and, I w- and I'd pick up like drinks. They're alcoholic drinks. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you can drink those. That's fine. And I drank three pints, one <laughs> red wine and one white wine oh in, like, in like three minutes. Because, you know, I essentially played E.T. as an alcoholic. <laughs> and it was great because then, you know, when he's in the forest and he's all white, mm-hmm. that's because he white-eat from all the drugs he took <laughs> and he just passed out drunk. So it was like, it's a really fun show. Everyone gets involved. Like the audience were frogs at one moment. They, like about 10 of them got up and started acting like frogs in, in the class, you know, when mm-hmm. Elliot's freeing all the frogs and... So it was really, like, super, super fun. That's a fun show. Cool. And, um, so 29th of April. That's, yeah, that's the next show. 29th of April. And where is it on? Uh, Aces and Eights in Tufnell Park. In Tufnell Park. Yeah. Cool. And, and then I've, got, I've also got a pilot for ITV. I'm not wow. allowed to say anything else, but I, got, I wrote a sitcom and I, I got a pilot. 
Amazing! Feels Congratulations! Really, feels really exciting. Do we know? Just what like the... you, you're you, you're allowed, you're writing something that's going to be made in something. Yeah, let's just keep that on the DL. Yeah, do you have a title for yours? I, I don't want to say. Okay, it's, oh, oh, yeah! <laughs> it's so awful though when you have that exciting bit of information you want to go, guess what world? But at the same time you can't. Yeah, I'm so not allowed to say anything Well, yet. well done on that. Thank you so much for coming in and we'll see people at Comedian Cinema Club. Yeah, I'd like that. Come up and say yeah, hi. Oh, wait, you're doing next one. I'm doing the next one, I know. I'm doing Sixth Sense, aren't I? Yeah, you're doing yeah. Sixth Sense. Very exciting. You could either be Bruce Willis or... Um, I see dead people. Or you could be um, the, the mum. The mum? Yeah. Not the kid. I think the kid. kid. I think the kid. I can't remember who the kid is. Someone else is the kid. (laughs) Someone else is the kid. Anyway, probably Bruce Willis. Cool. Thank you very much, Eric. Thank you.